The basis for our sermon today comes from Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The word of our Lord. I don't really know why I do it, but I almost always seem to let my car get super low on gas before I refill it. I don't know if it's because I feel like I'm living on the edge. It kind of brings some excitement to life to see kind of how far that that fuel gauge can get into the red before I swing into a gas station. It's exciting. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I was driving to to Myrtle Beach for a pastor's conference, and I I was carpooling with three other pastors. And at one point on the trip, these other guys, they, they really gave it to me because at one point that fuel light came on, low fuel, 30 miles until empty. And the problem was we were just about to head up into the mountains toward Asheville. And so not only are we going uphill, there's like no exits, no gas stations for a really long stretch of time there. These guys were not going to help me push the car if we ran out of gas. And I don't really blame them. It was a pretty dumb thing for me to do. I had plenty of opportunities to fill up the car with gas before getting to the mountains. I decided to live on the edge. We made it. We, we got to a, a little exit. There was a dinky little gas station with like one pump. Got filled up. Disaster averted. No problem. Living on the edge. But when it comes to fueling ourselves, I feel like sometimes we end up doing the same exact thing. I mean, we're busy. We're living a fast-paced life. Uh, We're we're trying to succeed on every level. and, And as we sometimes kind of busy ourselves to death, what are we using as our fuel? Are we letting our, ourselves kind of run pretty empty? A lot of our, our quiet moments maybe are spent in front of a, a phone screen, watching TV. That's okay, but maybe, maybe those types of things aren't really filling us with the fuel we need to, to keep up with this kind of fast-paced, unsustainable life we create for ourselves. Maybe we are running the tank a little close to empty we got to have the right fuel. We want to make sure we're not waiting so long in between times that we fuel up. In Psalm chapter 1 today, the, the picture changes from a, a car fueling itself with gas to a tree fueling itself with water. And I think there's a lot of things we could learn from trees, believe it or not. Maybe we could learn not to be running through life like a maniac, doing so many things all the time. Maybe it would be good to be like a tree every once in a while and just be patient, be planted in a good spot, taking the time to bring in the fuel that we need 
for, for a tree to survive and thrive, it's got to be planted in the right spot. It's got to be somewhere it can put down its roots, somewhere it can bring in nutrients from soil and water and sunlight in order to, to grow, in order to live. And of course, you already know what I'm getting at. The, the fuel we're talking about today, it's the Word of God. If we want to be fueled correctly, if, if we want to, to be planted, if we don't want to run our tanks so empty, then I think we're going to want to be in God's Word. And in Psalm chapter 1, it's all about God's Word. It's all about what a planted person does. The planted person, maybe you could say does three things here. The planted person resists sin. The planted person delights in God's Word. The planted person produces fruit. So first, be planted by resisting sin. That's, that's what this first verse is about here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And you kind of notice the, the progression of verbs here from, from walking to standing to sitting. The psalm is kind of warning Christians against that, that gradual infiltration of sin. Because right away there's that, that first temptation to kind of just walk in step with sin. Maybe not necessarily you know, diving into it and committing sin, but I'll tolerate sin. I'll walk alongside it. And this is a tough temptation because sometimes it's really easy to just go along with the crowd to, to overlook one of God's commands because, hey, everyone else is doing it anyway. But God says the Christian will be blessed when they don't give in to that pressure of sin or, or listen to the counsel of people trying to get you to sin, that, that you'll be better off walking the opposite direction when sin comes across your path. And we want to be careful where we're walking so we don't end up then just standing in the way that sinners take. Because here you start to see a little more comfort level with, with sin. Maybe not needing to be pressured or convinced quite as much. It's not just a passing curiosity anymore, not just testing the waters, but actually bringing a halt to your journey and stopping by and partaking in sin. To stand in the way that sinners take. And of course, then the, the ultimate danger is that we would, we would then get so comfortable standing there that we would take the next step of being planted in the wrong spot, sitting in the company of mockers. And the word sit here, it's really stronger than that. It it's means to cozy up with, to dwell with, to really get comfortable with sin. And I mean, this mockers thing too, that the Bible doesn't say good things about a mocker. Sitting in their company is, is like putting down your roots into the desert to be, to be planted in a place where you're not going to be getting any nutrients. A, a mocker is someone who ridicules and despises God, who despises his word, doesn't want to listen to it. The book of Proverbs talks about a mocker, right? A mocker is someone, really, you could say, incapable of receiving discipline. Uh, a mocker is someone who cannot find wisdom. 
a mocker is not planted in a good spot. You don't want to be in that company. We're going to want to resist sin even in the small, seemingly small, inconsequential things because sliding away from God, it starts as a slow roll. But like a, a runaway truck going down a mountainside, it picks up speed and momentum until it can smash through any barrier. Walking leads to standing, leads to sitting. Casual sin can become deeply rooted habit. Of course, it's also true that doing right can become a life habit when we're rooted in the correct spot when we're rooted and planted in God's word. It's important for the planted person to resist sin, but it's just as important for the planted person to delight in God's word. That's what verse 2 is about. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And, And when we talk about God's law here, We're not only talking about his commandments and his requirements. Uh, In the Old Testament, that word law sometimes is used just to refer to God's word in general. All of it. That all of it's useful for us. All of it's something we delight in. That includes his law and his gospel. That's the case here. That we delight both in God's law that shows us how we ought to live and in God's gospel that gives us life. To the full. And what does that look like? What does it look like to delight in God's word? The other word used here is to meditate on God's word. And here we're not talking so much sitting cross-legged in a Zen garden. Uh, Biblical meditation is a little more active than that. This word meditate is the same exact word used for a lion growling over its prey. Or, or a dog delighting in a juicy bone that it's gnawing on. This is what meditating means here. And it's a good picture of how a, a believer looks at God's word, that we delight in, in chewing over this, these morsels of God's word and getting all the, the good things we, we can get from it. Uh, this is kind of what we want to be doing as we meditate on God's word, to be growling over it, delighting over it. Now, of course, it... It takes a little time to get to the point of enjoying God's word like a dog enjoys a juicy bone. There's kind of phases we might fall into with our digging into God's word. There's the, the medicine phase, the idea that, oh, I'll get into God's word when I need it, when I, when I feel like it's absolutely necessary. Otherwise, meh, the medicine phase. There, there's also the, the breakfast phase. The idea that, you know, I really shouldn't skip breakfast. I really shouldn't skip being in God's word. I know I, know I probably should be in it. I, I guess I'll, I'll spend some time there. I, I know it would be good for me. The breakfast phase. And, and then there's the ice cream sundae phase. Where we, we have that idea that we crave God's word. That it is a special delight to sit down and savor what God has to say to me like an ice cream sundae. Maybe we fall into all three of those phases at times, different points in our life. It's important for the planted person to resist sin, to delight in God's word. 
But even before we move on to that, that third action of a planted person producing fruit, we kind of have to recognize we're not so good at meeting up with those first couple characteristics of being planted. I mean, even, if we're, even if we're not sitting with sin, cozying up with it, seeking it out, there's maybe plenty of sins we do kind of just walk and step with and tolerate in our lives. Whether we're walking, standing, or sitting in sin, we, we haven't resisted it. Not completely. Not perfectly. And we probably also have a hard time saying exactly what the psalm writer says here. That we meditate and delight in God's word day and night. Maybe our relationship with God's word isn't, isn't necessarily as good as we would want it to be. Maybe it'll never be as good as we want it to be. Maybe we, we do end up falling into the, the breakfast phase, the medicine phase, a whole lot more than the ice cream sundae phase. Delighting in God's word, craving it. I don't know if that's how I describe myself in my relationship with God's word all the time. But maybe think of this. What if, what if you're your spouse or your significant other only talks to you once a week. What would that do to your relationship? How, how would that affect you emotionally? Or even worse, what if, what if your spouse, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend only talked to you once a month? What would happen then? Nothing good, right? See how maybe this is tying into to God's word, our relationship with God and letting his word communicate to us. One week's great. Uh, Once a week is great, but maybe maybe we need even more than that. Maybe it'd be good to fill ourselves up more often. Of course, once a month probably isn't a great way to go through life. We want to be careful we're not running that tank so close to empty, waiting for so much time in between trips to fuel up. Of course... God, just like, like every other time, he steps in here and he cares for us and gives us what we need. He does the action for us. Really, when we talk about being planted here, it's not so much that we are planting ourselves. God is. Blessed is the person who resists sin and, and who delights in, in God's word. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. This, this is a passive verb. We are planted. We are acted upon. God is the one doing the planting here. Not so much just us. And we're planted in, in the perfect spot. We're not just like a wild tree that, that grows up and then just kind of does its own thing untended. God does better for us than that. God plants us in the perfect spot. He plants us smack dab in the middle of his grace, his undeserved love. He plants us in a place where his, his streams of the gospel can water us and fuel us and wrap around us with that message of Jesus, our Savior. He, he plants us in a place, in an environment where we can grow. The, the one, the tree that is planted by God. It will never lack soil or sunlight or water. Just like the person planted by God will not lack forgiveness and love 
and hope from God. It's that message of our, of our Savior and His sacrifice for sin on the cross that continues to delight us week after week. It doesn't matter how many times we hear it. It continues to delight us to know our sins are removed. No matter whether we're caught walking, sitting, or, or standing in them, they're gone. And now, now with the Holy Spirit, God Himself dwelling in our hearts by faith, we have His law, His word, written on our hearts. We, we can draw on our, our baptisms for daily strength and encouragement. We have access to God in prayer. You have the Savior cozying up next to your heart. He plants himself there. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. You've, you've been planted from the inside out. You've, you've got constant access to the gospel fuel that, that God gives you in Jesus. And now, planted by God, you can take up that third action of a planted person. You produce fruit. What this means is, because you have faith, you will produce good works. This is just what happens for a believer. And, and when, you're, when you're planted in God's word, not only will you be blessed, it means you get to be a blessing to others. When you're connected to, to Jesus, he calls himself the vine, we are the branches. When you're connected to Jesus, then you simply will produce good fruit. That's simply what a tree does. An apple tree doesn't decide whether or not it's going to start producing apples. It, it just does. That's what an apple tree does. And the, the planted believer, planted in God's word, simply will produce the fruit of good works and good character because that's simply what faith produces. That's what God produces when he's planted in our hearts. And being planted, being rooted in the word, also means that you will produce strength. That, that you'll be firmly grounded to weather the storms of life with your roots running deep and your, your faith won't be extinguished or, or burned up or scorched by extreme heat. You're planted in the perfect spot with your, with your roots embedded in the promises of God's word. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm really glad that, that you are planted here at Living Hope, of all places. I mean, our logo is a, is a tree, so I guess we kind of are all about being planted here, here at Living Hope. It's even what our core values are all about, all those, those things, that being filled with God's grace, being rooted in God's word, sharing God's love as we produce fruits of faith. That, that's what we're all about. Of course, keeping Jesus, our living hope, in the center of it all. That's what we've got to be all about. And when you take that time, even if it's just a few minutes, being in God's word, you're going to end up with the fuel that you need. You're going to get that jolt of grace, forgiveness that's found in the gospel to keep you going. You're going to end up with, with fuel so that your tank won't run empty. 
And maybe you will still be busy. Maybe you're going to have a lot of things going on, running around like crazy, but you'll be filled with the fuel you need to get through, even when it's busy, even when it's crazy. God's got you planted right next to his gospel stream in his word. That's right where you want to be. Amen.